Welcome to the In the Dugout podcast. I'm your host, Jason Ward, a.k.a. Red Sox Dugout. And I'm here with Joey Nagel and Garrett Jacobsmeyer. Hi. Hello. First and foremost, the Patriots are Super Bowl champs once again. Sixth time. Six. Move on. Actually, no. Let's get a Cowboys fan's perspective on this. Garrett? Garrett, what's your take? Well, as a Cowboys fan, I would like to congratulate probably the least talented Super Bowl team to ever win. Nah, they're, they're, they're good. But Tom Brady's the GOAT. Bill Belichick is the GOAT. And, you know, the parade was fun. So It was yeah. fun. Yeah, you both I saw went. you there, Garrett. You both went. I didn't get to go. Heard it yep. was great, though. It was very fun. Oh, yeah. So moving on, moving on to the Red Sox, we are less than a week away from pitchers and catchers reporting. Baseball is almost back. Woo! Like five days or something. Yeah, we're getting there. Yeah. yeah. Um, not much really happening. No moves being made. Only thing is um, different rules are being discussed. Uh, first off, I want to touch on the, on the new injured list. That is stupid, stupid idea. I mean, like, I don't, like, disabled list, I don't think there was any misinterpretation of that. First off, like, it's, it's just kind of pointless. Yeah, people, whatever. Make the people I'm just going to call it the care. DL. Yeah, no one's going to change what they call it. Everyone's just going to call it the DL. The IL? Come on now. Yeah, the IL. He's got no. the IL. I don't like that at all. No. Doesn't work. We'll see. Um, they've been talking about a whole bunch of other potential rule changes, but John Heyman reported they're unlikely to implement any of them anytime soon. Uh, let's go down the list here. They're talking about a three-batter minimum for pitchers, a universal designated hitter, a single trade deadline before the All-Star break, a 20-second pitch clock, the expansion of rosters to 26 instead of 25, draft advantages for winning teams and penalties for losing teams, and um, they're talking about lowering the mound, too. Uh, The mound is, like, the mound, the batter limit, and the single trade deadline, I don't think those are ever going to happen. And, like, there's no point in lowering the mound. It's not a problem with with pitchers throwing, like, too fast for hitters to hit it. It's it's more the philosophy of hitting. Like, people swing for the fences now. And, I mean, the reason there's less, like, there's less offense and more home runs is because hitters just think a different way from, like, five years ago. Yeah, I completely agree. They're not striking out because pitchers are too good because of the mound. They're striking out because that's their new philosophy, like you said, is they're trying to go up there every at-bat and hit a home run instead of the older, um, the older ways of hitting where you just try to get on base any way you can. Yeah, I don't mean to brag, but, like, J.D. is, like, the, he's the ideal hitter, like, in this day and age. He hits, he hits for the gaps. He tries finding gaps, and he just tries to hit the ball hard. But... In in the way that he prepares and the way he has constructed his swing, he hits a, a lot of home runs, and it's not because he's trying to hit them; it's because he just he focuses on hard contact and finding gaps. So, That's and the biggest why he's thing, Jason's favorite player. Yeah, and the biggest thing about him is he uses all fields too. Like he's not just pulling all the balls to left field; he's hitting them out to right also. Yep, and then. Uh, that three batter minimum, that can be exploited really easily. Pitchers can just fake injuries. There's, I think the reason they announced the proposal like of this rule is just to make, just to make 
the people who are upset with the like abundance of pitching changes happy. It's never going to be passed. It's just there to so the MLB can say that they're looking into it. Well, Jason and I were discussing how it would work with during the inning. Like, if the inning ends, do you have to come back after? I'm pretty sure they said that uh, that if you finish if you finish an inning, you don't have to come back out. Yeah, that's what I saw too. Yeah. In that case, I feel like it doesn't really make that much of a difference. Like that 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 rule isn't really going to do much because a pitcher can just come in with two outs and then pitch one batter. But what if? All right, what if a pitcher comes in with two outs in a two-run game in the bottom of the eighth? They give up a home run. They give up a double. They give up a single. Or, no, they give up a home run. They give up a double. What do you do? Do you really want him facing a third batter at that point? That's a good point. You don't. He so, could just call for the trainer. I feel like that's the only way around it. Is it is. Try to fake an injury, yeah. And sure, you can you can do that. Like they can't tell you to stay in the game. I wonder if that rule would count for like, like if you take the pitcher and put him in left field, put the left fielder in. That'd be interesting. <laughs> That's something Joe Madden would do. Travis would. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's never happening. So, Garrett, which rule do you like the most as something that could potentially be in the game? Um. I'm not sure. I'm kind of divided on the uh, whole, you know, uh, pitch clock thing, right? That's a rule. That's yeah. proposed. Yeah, 20 second pitch clock. I'm not sure. I, I don't really know the point of enforcing it because we already have, you know, the time the pitcher has to be set. And I kind of just sit at Fenway and watch that clock go down and not really much changes. Uh, the pitcher kind of does his thing anyway, you know, so I don't know if it would, if there's a point to it, if it's not going to be enforced, but. Well, they've been using it in the minor leagues, and it seemed to be pretty effective down there. I That's my favorite rule, is the 20-second pitch clock, because it speeds up the game and doesn't really impact the game much beyond that. Yeah, they should, they, they should do it. There's no reason not to at this point. Like, David Price, sometimes he can take, like, 25, 30 seconds in between pitches. And I know, and I know it's just because he's deeply breathing. So he can, <laughs> he can, cut, he can cut that out, like... David Price is good, so you know that's just an example. Like, it's not—it's only going to affect us, like a small number of pitchers, and the younger pitchers. It's not—it's going to have absolutely zero effect because they came up through the minors with the pitch clock. True. It's just—it's yeah. just a good rule. It's—it kind of keeps a consistent flow to the game. That's a good point you made that the younger pitchers are coming up with that already, like in their minds that they have that pitch clock. So I yep. think what they should do is keep it in the minors, and then once more of those younger players are in the MLB and more of those older players are kind of out and retired, that's when you put in the pitch clock because all the pitchers would already be used to it. Yeah, that sounds yeah. great. Yeah. I mean, you could, you could just never put the pitch clock in the big leagues in, in 10 years. It's, this isn't going to be a problem because all the pitchers are going to be accustomed to it. Yeah, yeah that's true. I want to talk about the draft advantages in one where they give advantages for the winning teams and penalties for the losing teams, I think that would be terrible because then those losing teams have no way of getting better because they can't get better through the draft. Well, they get better through free agency, right? Yeah, but yeah. if you're a bad team, who wants to sign there? True. Like if you're like, yeah, if you're like the Marlins, no one wants to sign with you. Nobody's ever going to want to sign with the Marlins. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's a good idea, but 
it's it would it would probably end pretty badly. I mean, I could maybe a different way of looking at it is um it's to prevent tanking. So what you right. could do is possibly like I don't know if if you lose a lot, lot of games, maybe you you lose a certain amount of uh payroll. I don't know. Like do you get what I'm I'm getting at? So like your lux your luxury tax threshold could be like um, several million dollars lower than the teams who are winning. Yeah, that's a good idea. I kind of like that because, like you said, there's a lot of tanking going on right now in the MLB because all these like rebuilding teams are just scrapping it all down. So if you have something like that that penalizes them for doing that, then that will promote more competition in the MLB, which I think would be good for the game. But I don't like the idea of penalizing them in the draft because yeah. then they don't really have a way of getting better. Yeah, uh, do we have any idea of what kind of penalties, or is it just kind of the general, could, should we penal, penalize teams that are, you know, worse? I would assume it would mean taking away some draft picks or lowering them in the draft. I don't know. What do you guys think about the universal DH? I love watching pitchers hit, but it's a great idea. It's about time that, like, I know Manfred said today that it's not going to be implemented this year but possibly next year. So it, it's a good idea. Like, everybody loves to watch pitchers hit, but there's no point in having pitchers hit because, like, they're all, they all hit 100. And, like... It's just it's, like an easy out. Yeah, and it's, um, it's like um, a, a pause in the action. Like, there could be five minutes in between, like a meaningful at-bat between your eight guy and your leadoff guy. Right, and sometimes it's just painful to watch them up there trying to bunt and just missing and taking pitches. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just—it's cool to watch pitchers hit, like especially Bartolo. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's there's no point. It's it'd be a lot better for the game if they're like because they're promoting kind of offense at the moment. Right. Well, pitchers hitting—they don't really do anything at all and i think people it's so great to watch hitters succeed you know it's it's amazing when hitters uh or pitchers excuse me when pitchers you know hit doubles for uh, with the bases loaded and stuff like that and that stuff we remember that stuff but it happens so uh it doesn't happen often at all so you know i don't know if it's even worth it to risk injury for all these people um and it's just it's tough though because it's fun when it happens but it happens so rarely pitchers doing anything at the plate you know that's yeah. true yeah and like you said there's that risk to injuries when pitchers are hitting like i remember adam wainwright out for the season after running the bases masahiro tanaka straining like both his hamstrings or something steven wright yeah, yeah that, was wright. A pin- that was pinch running but that. still yeah yeah that was that was a bad time yeah so outside of this list do you have any rules that you would like to propose that you think would be good for the game oh geez I got one. You start us off. Let me think. Okay, yeah. so so here's my idea. So in the ninth inning, the team that's down should be able to pick the lineup they want up for that half of the inning. So it's like your best against their best. They put in their best pitcher, their closer, try to end the game. So you put in like Mookie Betts, JD, and Xander Bogarts to try to hit off of him. That way you don't have like your bottom of the three in the lineup going up against their best pitcher and then the game's just over. Because it's kind of like that in other sports, how 
um, in the last few minutes of an NBA game, they put in like their starting lineup to try to win the game. In the football games, they try to throw the ball to their best players or hand it off to their best running back to try to win the game. So that way, MLB would kind of be like that because it would be your best against their best. What do you guys think? I understand where you're coming from, but in it doesn't make sense for baseball. Like baseball, you have a lineup and you got to stick to it. it and I just, I don't see, like, I, I don't really see how choosing your best lineup would, would really be the best option. Because, I mean, I don't, first off, I don't know how that would work if it went to extras. Would you, like, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, but um, Offensive baseball is more of a uh, individual thing than any other sport. And because you sort of, when you have those innings where the bottom half, you know, you have your catcher and stuff like that, uh, hitting in the bottom half of the ninth um it really makes you depend on them when in otherwise you a lot of times wouldn't um because the batters need to get up like in football your every player matters for an offensive drive uh in baseball you're kind of taking away a lot of players on your team and if you neglect the bad players it kind of takes away the whole you know make your team good make your team solid and not just have a top heavy lineup you know that's a very good point yeah yeah, have like a fully rounded out team. It would also like it would it would um it could destroy their confidence too. Yeah, I could see that. Do you guys have any rules ideas? Yeah, I don't know. I um I kind of like kind of like where we are. I mean, the only thing I could think of is the shift, but banning I don't it? know. Like not banning it, restricting it. It's annoying how like drastic it's gotten especially yeah. like this past season, but it is a strategy and I feel like banning it would, would not be the, the right thing to do. And um, I mean, you could limit it, but I'm not sure how you could like, whether it be markings on the field, which I don't think would be a good idea, but maybe you could do something like the infielders have to stay on the infield dirt. Like they can't go way out in right field or something like that. I don't know. So on my Instagram account, Red Sox Dugout, um, I've been posting my bold predictions for 2019. Um, let me get your guys' takes on these. My first one, Andrew Benintendi will have a breakout year batting over 300 and being named an all-star for the first time. What do you think? I don't think it's really a bold prediction. I think it's very realistic seeing that happen. Like, Benintendi was hitting 300 for you know, a solid chunk of the season last year. And I think he's only he's only going to get better at this point. And he was already really close to being an All Star last year. He was in the final vote. So. Right. Yeah, that one was that was my least bold of all of my predictions. Yeah. Um, my next one was Eduardo Rodriguez will finish the year with an ERA under three and the best win to loss ratio of all the Red Sox starting pitchers. I don't see the that ERA is- being sub three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with Joe here. I mean, I could see it being 350, maybe, like 330 at the lowest, but I don't think he's a, th- he's a sub three guy. I could see him, like, I could see him being the starter that does get the run support, though, and yeah. getting the wins. Yeah. I just feel like, I just feel like this is his time to break out and have that amazing year because he has so much potential. Pedro's been talking about how great a pitcher he's going to become. Um, he's looked good in the videos I've seen him in the offseason. I just feel like it's his time to shine. He has to stay healthy, though, if he wants That's to true. come close to that. That's what yeah. was what was his injury last year? Uh, Ankle, he had a few of them. Ankle, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, he was really banged up. I remember he pitched really well though at the beginning. Yeah, he? no, he, he's a great pitcher. He just his injuries, uh, his injuries really hold him back. Uh, my next bowl prediction: Jackie Bradley Jr. will have the best offensive season of his career, setting new career best in all offensive categories. I'm gonna have to pull up Jackie's stats for this, but he could. But if I'm being 100% honest, I, I don't think he, he'll have a great offensive season. Like, his career high in home runs is 26. His career high in RBI, 87. And what, uh, 267 batting average? I don't see his batting average being higher than 260. I, I think he could be around 250, 240. But I do see him hitting close to 20 home runs. And depending where he bats in the lineup, he he has the potential to drive in 70 guys. Like, he can come close to his career highs, but I don't think he'll pass them. Down the stretch of the season towards the end, he was really hitting some balls hard. Um, I mean, his stats were a little misleading last year, but not too much. He really kind of stunk. But, (laughs) you know, he was hitting the ball real hard by the end of the year. Showed some improvement. Yeah, I mean... Good. All right. So, I mean, Jackie, his his swing is built to hit the ball hard. And, I mean, sometimes he'll roll over one or he'll hit it hard but right at somebody. It's just – it's a, he has to have a little bit of luck mixed in with, uh, with staying consistent and staying confident at the plate. My main reasoning behind this prediction – is the whole offseason, he, he went out to Arizona, I think. He's been working hard on his swing. Um, he spent time working with the same guy who fixed J.D. Martinez's swing. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think I think he has the potential to have a good offensive season this year. Yeah, for sure. But I don't, I don't know if it'll be a career year for him. My next bold prediction, Carson Smith will shine in AAA and get called back up to be a major part of the Red Sox bullpen in 2019. Uh, it all depends look- on Kimbrell. We would love that to happen, wouldn't we? Yeah, I would. Sure. <laughs> He's shown the potential. I mean, he has a he has a funny arm angle, and in the time in the very like rare times in which he's been healthy, he's been pretty good for the Sox. So he has to he has to stay healthy, which is his biggest problem. And then his probably his second biggest problem is uh, refraining from throwing gloves. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good point there. Well, before the Red Sox acquired him, he pitched a full season and had a 2.31 ERA and a 1.94 average against. So if he can return to his past self, he could have a great year for us. Yeah, he could. I think he has to buy into it though. Like he has to he has to realize that you know he has to remain focused and he has has to control himself in order to be a, a a major part of the team. And then also Kimbrell, whether he'll re-sign or not, it will also play a big part. Yeah, absolutely. He better. My final bold prediction, a little bit controversial. Um, it's the Yankees will beat out the Red Sox for first in the AL East, but the Red Sox will eliminate them in the postseason. What do you think? So... The Yankees scared us, didn't they, last year at the beginning? You know, terrifying team. Now they have uh, they we reworked their their uh, bullpen, their rotation. 
I see where you're coming from, Jason, but I don't know. It was kind of a pathetic ending to last year. It really was. They underperformed. Even with 100 wins, they underperformed like pretty drastically, in my opinion. Yeah. Exactly. They underperformed, so this year, if they don't underperform, they can, they can do even more than 100 wins. And their team isn't worse. It's better. They got DJ LeMahieu. They got Adam Adovino. So, I mean, they could have a great year. Yeah, but they lost they lost DD for some part of the season, and they lost David Robertson as well. So it's true. They also they got James Paxton. That's right. That's a right nice trade him. for them. Yeah, that's, but that's big. He he has shown that he has major injury problems. Like exactly, he's pitched only like one or two full seasons, and even then, his numbers against the Red Sox actually aren't very good. Yeah, that's true. And. We own a lot of real estate in the Yankees' heads, and I, I, it's obvious because they bring in players for the not for the purpose, not for the primary purpose of winning the World Series, but instead for beating the Red Sox. So mm-hmm. it all depends. Will Severino suck again, and will CC continue to pitch well for his age and stay mm-hmm. healthy? The Yankees have a lot of injury-prone players on that team, though. Like, come August, half of that team could be on the injured list. So, (laughs) yeah. What makes you think the Red Sox will beat them out in the playoffs? Um, partially because of what happened last postseason. Like, we just embarrassed the Yankees. It wasn't even wasn't even that close. The Red Sox just seem more like a playoff team than the Yankees, and the biggest reason why is I think the key to playoff teams is having a good manager, and Alex Cora is a far better manager than Aaron Boone. Aaron Boone is just a moron. He doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I understand. I understand it like that. But I think the AL East this year, it could, it'll come down to the last week. And Definitely. I don't know. I, it could actually depend on how each team starts out the season. Because whoever starts out hotter, they might be able to ride that a little bit longer. And if they can build up a multi-game lead within the first month or two of the season, you know, that's a big confidence booster. Yeah, it's going to be a battle all season long. Definitely. Uh, Let's get to some fan questions. Okay, first question from any pro sports. Standing predictions. Uh, We kind of just talked about this a little bit. I think it's going to be Yankees, Red Sox, Rays, Blue Jays, Orioles. I mean, I can't, I can't put the Yankees winning the division. It just, it doesn't feel right. So I'd go Red Sox, Yankees, Rays with another ninety-win season, Jays, and then Orioles. Jason's kind of convinced me on the Yankee thing. Not even gonna lie, I hate <laughs> to say it, but uh, yeah, I, I don't might, know. I might be with, uh, might be with Jason on this one. Sorry, Joey. I'm biased, but. It's be it's because I'm biased. I'm not fully sold on the Yankees. I mean, I hope it doesn't happen. I hope the Red Sox win the division, but yeah, I, I just yeah. don't think so. I mean, you know, it it would actually be a nice story if we if we uh, you know, if the Yankees take the division from us and we beat them in the playoffs, that'd be really nice. Sure. Even though we end our streak of winning the division, we still own we still own that team. So. Never trust a one game playoff, though. I was telling this to Jason. I hate That's it. That's true. So much. I. I, I don't like the wild card either, and I like I don't know it it shouldn't be a series, 
I think it's fine at one game, but it is it's stressful for sure. Oh yeah, because anything anything could happen. Anything can go wrong. Like your starting pitcher could like break a fingernail, and then he's out for the rest of the game in the first inning. So yeah. Okay. Next question from Alex Jefferson. Um, which prospects do you think we'll see time in the majors this year? I see Feltman, maybe, more towards August or September, just to see what he's got. Not necessarily making making the postseason roster, but I could I could see him getting some time in the bullpen, especially if it's on paper. This bullpen sucks. Let's be real; it absolutely mm-hmm. sucks. So. You know, I could I could see Feltman getting some time. Yeah, I, I could see Feltman getting some time. Um, I've seen some stuff about there's a good chance Michael Chavis gets called up at some point. I don't really see too many prospects getting too much playing time, considering we have a great and um, deep, talented team. So we don't really have a need to call those guys up on like re- um, rebuilding teams. But those two, I do think, will get some time. Yeah, I could see I could see Chavis making the team at some point. Uh, next question. It's actually not questions to take from Ben Tranty. It says uh, we should get Vlad Jr. I agree. That'd be cool. Um, yeah. So let me. I can. I can come up with a trade for Vlad Jr. right now. So let's give him Devers. Let's give mm-hmm. him the Paw Sox. Let's give him the Sea Dogs, the Drive, the Salem Red Sox, and the Spinners. I say throw in Tessie too. No. I don't know. Um, oh, how about this? How about this? Their choice of 100 Fenway Franks or 100 Fenway Sausages. They got to take the sausages, man. You can have your Franks. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. This is your time. Defend yourself on that. I'm just mad. I don't even want to speak about it. I'm upset. I can't believe you would ever say that. <laughs> um, you know, Sausage King has been family tradition forever, and I'm really disappointed in you, and I'm disappointed in Jason for letting that slide because I'm really, really upset. Um, and even though last time I had a sausage, I had a horrible stomach pain and made Jason pull over on the highway. Um, but it was a really tasty sausage, and I'm just upset with you. So anyway, next question. I'm mad. You know, on, no, gotta... wait. You know what? You know what? Next Sox game I go to, I'll I'll try, I'll get both, and I'll give you I'll give you a one bite of of each one. So, no, you're give, you're giving me whole thing. You're buying one bite. Everybody knows the rules. <laughs> now do you get it do you get it with the peppers you, yep. you gotta have peppers man and yeah, Joey got, I gotta have peppers got in one bite too so alright alright next question from Tyler Patterson 44 who's gonna close we hope Kimbrel <laughs> hopefully if not I could see it'd be no, closer by committee in yeah my it'd probably it'd probably be Barnes and Brazier switching off but you know who I could see doing it Aaron Baines Aaron Baines. He's got the same beard, same red beard as Kimbrell, and he's a whole foot taller than Kimbrell almost. He's 6'10", 254. Imagine that coming off the mound. I mean, locked down. He's, he's left-handed as well. Just thought I should throw that in there. There you go. Tall lefty. Nasty. All-star. All right. Next question. Uh, next question from Michael. Least favorite players in the MLB? Brett Gardner. Oh. That's a, mm, yeah, it's a really good one. It is a good one. So, you know, Jason, um, you know how when you have traumatic memories of people, sometimes you cut them out of your brain? Uh-huh. I forget the guy's name. Who was that fat first baseman for the Yankees? Um, the fat guy. He was really ugly. You're not talking about 
Mark Texera, are you? Oh, um, I'll find him. I'll find I him. Here, you guys keep talking. I'll find him. All right. <laughs> okay. I have a couple. Um, I hate, I hate Luke Voigt. Hate him. Oh, my God. The dude hits the ball 290 feet to right field, and he's, he's unbuttoning his, his jersey. He's wearing, a, he's wearing a youth jersey, if you will. It doesn't to make fit him, yeah. Bigger. Yeah, and then he has the chain, a stupid haircut, and he's just pimping. He flips his bat on a ball that's hit 290 feet to right field, and he's he's walking to first base. Like he just he just looked. He is a. I gotta keep it clean. Um, CJ, I I enjoyed you talking about that because that's who exactly who I was referring to. I just couldn't think of his name. Yeah, so oh, yeah. I hate Luke Voigt. And then Fat, Machado. Ugly guy. Everybody hates yeah. Machado. No, nah, I hate yeah. Luke Voigt more than all of them. I yeah, no, really no, no. Machado. Same here, same here. I hate Luke Voigt. <laughs> I don't think he. I think he's gonna suck this season anyway. And definitely, I'd love it if he does. I really yep. hope he sucks. Yep. I don't see him having a good year. That was just like a fluke last year. It was. It was a fluke. It was a fluke. Next question. Uh, does the Real Muto trade to the Phillies give them a better shot to at least win the NL East? 100%. Definitely. Like, they were an amazing team before that trade, and now they have him, and they still have the possibility of getting Bryce Harper or Manny Machado, too. They won't, they won't be getting Machado, in my opinion, because they traded for Segura. I think but they'll get think, Harper, though. Yeah, I think they'll get Harper. At this point, like, because you can, you can tell Harper, you know, uh, we went out and we traded for the best catcher in baseball. Why wouldn't you want to play for this team? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think they win the World Series? This year, no. Possibly in the future, but they they collapsed in September. So, That's and true. I think that was because they were so young. But you know, they have to prove that they can that they have it. They have what it takes. It's a bit early. I think they'll definitely win the division, though. Yeah, I like the Braves, but they they got hot, and uh, I mean their pitching isn't incredible, so. I don't see the Braves exactly repeating what they did. But a sleeper a sleeper pick for that NL East would be either the Mets or the Nationals. That's going to be a really good division. Yeah, I agree. Don't sleep on the Mets. I, I can actually see them winning that division. <laughs> they got the pitching. I don't they know about winning the healthy. division. I can see them making the playoffs. Yeah, maybe sneaking in there as a wild card, yeah. With Robinson Cano, Edwin Diaz now. I mean, their rotation's already really good when healthy. They have a pretty decent bullpen. They got Wilson Ramos, Robinson Cano. That's true. Just imagine what Jacob Degrom could do if he actually got run support. Exactly. Let's, yeah. So let's see. The Mets. They're they're going to be really interesting because they have a nice they have a nice corner outfield with Nemo and Conforto. Then um, Cespedes when he comes back. He he won't come back this year though. I don't think. No? And then I don't I don't think so. And then you got Cano at second. Um, uh, who's their shortstop? Med Rosario. Yeah, Rosario. And then they'll either have Jeff McNeil, who I like, and or uh, Todd Frazier at third base, and Ramos behind the dish. Not a bad team. Who do they have at um, first base? They have some, they have a player. Can't remember who. Yeah, who is it? Look at last year was Aegon. Oh, they got Jed Lowry. I forgot about that. So Oh maybe, yeah. Yeah, they got Jed to play second. And then No Cano's playing second. I th- I think oh Unless you know they... what? Cano might play third or first. No, Possible. what you could do, you could have Todd Frazier at first base, 
and then put Jed Laurie at third base or second base and then move Cano over to third if you put Laurie at second. In my opinion, it should be, Can- yeah, Cano should be at second, Lowry at third, but you should put Jeff McNeil at first base. I know he can play a little bit, but he, he's, a, he's better than Todd Frazier at this point. Frazier just fell off a cliff when he left Cincinnati. Yeah, that's true. Uh, next question we have here from Chris. What do you think we need to do this year to be as good or surpass the 2018 season? Basically the, just the bullpen. Fix the road. Yeah, fix the bullpen. I'll take that. That's it. That's it. Um, yeah. Next question from Chase. What do you think? Will Boston go all the way again? I definitely think they have a really good chance. Um, I think they're still one of the most talented teams in the MLB. They're not much different from last year's team, aside from Kimbrell and Joe Kelly leaving, but Kimbrell could still come back. So they definitely have a shot of repeating. I'm going to put it like this. If, if, they can, if they can get Kimbrell back and one more solid reliever, I don't see anybody, anybody coming close to them. Because the playoffs last year were a breeze. And if our bullpen can show up a little bit and then we can, add, we can get Kimbrell back and maybe add one more decent arm, I'm not even talking like a superstar reliever. I'm just saying that, you know, a, a solid reliever who can get the job done when given the opportunity. I don't see anybody coming that close to us. Maybe the Brewers. Especially if we see some improvement from Benny or from uh, JBJ, like Jason said, is possible, you know. Devers, too. Devers, yeah. Devers, for sure. Yeah. And Pedroia. Like, second base was a bit of a black hole offensively last year, and you yeah. know, is good at setting the tone. Yeah, he's definitely a step up from Nunez, both yeah. offensively and definitely defensively. Mm-hmm. Noon time. How much time do you think Nunez is going to get this year? Like, with Devers at third? Oh, he'll get, he'll get, his, he'll get his chances. For sure. I could, what I could see happening is Devers really heats up, so they start using him all the time. is at second, so then Nunez just kind of like falls out of the equation. Because they've got Brock Holt, too. Yeah. Like, him and Brock Holt are great off the bench. I really like Nunez offensively. Like, he, he's a very solid player offensively. Especially off the bench, yeah. Definitely. I mean, we don't know how Pajoy is going to perform. Really. Yeah. Like, we're all optimistic, yeah. right? But we really just don't know. If Pedroia yeah, can't get through it, I think Holt's the second baseman, though. I think they would do the same thing they did last year, kind of switch off with Holt and Nunez based on the pitcher. That's true. That's true. I'd really like to see Pedroia have a good, solid year, though. Yeah. A good, a good pot. It's probably his final year, if I'm being honest. I'd mm-hmm. like to see him. I'd like to see him succeed. Definitely. Yeah. That'd be a terrible way to go out, is missing the majority of a championship season because of injury, and then in the season you do come back, not being able to play the full season, not having a good season, that'd be a terrible way to retire. Yeah. Yep. All right, I have a random, I have a random question. Okay. So, you know how some teams where, like, we have alternates for Friday nights. We have the blue on the road and the red at home. Right. What if we did an alternate for Sunday home games, and it would be the 70s throwback jerseys? Because teams are starting to do that. I think that'd be cool. I'd like that, yeah. I'd like to see them bring out the throwbacks a lot more. They have to. And they never announce when they do as well. Like, those 70s uniforms, when they're worn, like, a couple times a season, it's nice. They're, they're actually pretty nice. Did they even wear them last season? I don't really remember them doing that. They didn't. They, I think they were supposed to. They never did. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely have to break those out this season. I think we should wear them Sundays 
but at home, but only day games. So if it was a Sunday night game, just go with the Whites. Yeah, I like that. I think it'd be really good because, like, a Sunday day game is a classic thing for baseball, and why not bring out classic uniforms too? Absolutely. Just don't have sale pitching them. <laughs> well, that's all we got for this week. Tune in next week for our next episode. We will have Steve Peralt on the show, host of Section 10. Uh, Hi, Steve. Yeah, we'll talk to him next week, so look out for that. Um, thanks for listening. See you next week. See you guys. Later. Okay. I found a stick. <laughs> I'm going to play with it. Um, Patriots. They won something. No, that's terrible. I'm going to do that again. <laughs> <laughs>